You're listening to a bonus episode of the Dairy Age, featuring Chagask's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about managing cell count in the late lactation phase. So it's important, I suppose, given uh, where milk price is in 2022, uh, which is quite strong, obviously. Um, the choice, or the okay, the choice might be removed in some cases because of um, of grass situation and maybe lack of fodder, etc. And some people may be forced to call cows, but inevitably we find that when milk price is strong, uh, people tend to um, continue to milk, obviously, and that includes problem cows such as high cell count cows, lame cows probably less so. But the temptation is there to get the last drop out of them when you take a base price of 56, 57 centiliter and probably average prices of 63, 64, 65 centiliter in all the co-ops uh, in the coming months and maybe and obviously higher as we proceed. Then the, the, the I suppose, the, the temptation, I suppose, is there, obviously, for people to consider milking on cows that they really shouldn't potentially consider uh, carrying through. Now, I suppose you can make the argument that in very many cases, we often find that the cell count issue is associated with one quarter. Now, obviously, if a cow has major issues and it's across two or more quarters, then you really have to question uh, the future of that cow. But if it is a case that it is only one quarter, then there are strategies, I suppose, that people can employ to manage those uh, cows for the rest of the lactation. I suppose, uh, again, we'll have to look at history and so forth to see whether uh, we need to consider calling these cows, even if they are in calf, if there's a major cell count issue there, um, if they have had major problems in the past and they still have, continue to have problems, then there really is only one solution for them, be they in calf or not, unfortunately. So I'm just going to run through a short presentation in relation to kind of the, the things that you can do. Many of them you'll be aware of, which I suppose it's just a refresher really for you to emphasize the importance of the use of milk recording information, acting on it and follow through that is required around that. Okay, so uh, just share this presentation now. So managing late, uh, cell count in late lactation, it's an important piece of the jigsaw every year, but I suppose it's even more so important when people, as I said, are going to be tempted to milk on. So the 2022 situation, as I said, is excellent milk price, which is a very positive scenario for dairy farmers, obviously. But it does mean that the high cell count cows or the, temp uh, the, the, the desire to remove cows that are causing problems for the herd um, is very much limited because those cows are still producing milk, albeit maybe high cell count milk. Uh, and in the vast majority of cases, um, in a lot of cases, those cell count cows aren't actually impacting in many cases on bonuses and premiums and so forth. And the other side of it is, I suppose, that because of milk price being so strong, the incentive around the bonus or the premium for uh, being under your 200,000 or whatever is slightly diluted, I suppose, to a certain extent. And the, the temptation is there to produce the milk rather than be concerned about getting the bonus. But the risk that you run in that scenario is that you're running the possibility that you're going to impact on the herd in 2023. And the milk price in 2023 looks like it's going to be potentially one of the strongest milk prices we have ever seen in the springtime, uh, which is also an extremely positive scenario because it means that we'll be in a good position financially from very early on. And all the indicators would suggest that for the first six months of next year, milk price could still be as uh, equally as strong as it is currently. And obviously, that's very positive from the point of view that we get 
a high volume of, of milk in at a high price. Uh, and everybody knows that when milk price is good at the start of the year, it just it does tend to improve the overall because obviously in spring milking scenarios, we're supplying the vast majority of the milk up to the um, mid-season, kind of early to mid, uh, mid, mid-year, mid kind of into the latter half of the third quarter, I suppose. So, uh, as I said, it's important then that the, the what we do in late 2022 isn't going to have an impact in 2023. And by that, I basically mean that we don't want that high cell count cow that's there in late 2022. Okay, she may be dried off and she may be cured in 2023, but is there a risk that she's going to cause trouble to the rest of the herd? And we need to be sure that we don't uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater as such, trying to get this excellent milk price that's available in late 2022 and compromise the herd in terms of 2023 that we have uh, problems with mastitis. And it's very well documented now at this stage that higher cell count herds will have lower milk output because there's a challenge there all the time and milk volume is actually significantly reduced where, we're where we have high cell counts. So um, do not, that should say let, high uh, SEC cows of 2022 impact on your 2023 supply. So we need to manage that cell count in late lactation of 2022 to make sure that we, I, th I think it's still important that we try and, uh, try and achieve all those bonuses. We want to try and garner what uh, revenue we can, uh, but it's most important that you do protect your herd overall. So it's fairly straightforward, I suppose, within reason as to how you're going to go and do that. But it's just being conscious of it and making sure that you do it. And as I said, this is more a timely reminder scenario than anything else. I would expect that the vast majority of people should be quite conscious of their cell count. And cell count is relatively well managed. But at the same time, we, we do possibly relate it to the age of the herd. Um, since we've since 2015, obviously, we've had a rapid ingress of um, young stock into herds across the country to build up to the numbers that we're at. Now those herds are beginning to mature. Growth is beginning to tail off a little. So those herds, as I said, have more mature cows in them. And with more mature cows, we get a risk of, of uh, more issues around cell count. And we're seeing slight trends upward in terms of overall national uh, cell count um, trends. So people just need to be conscious of managing that within their herd, okay? So what steps can we use to control this? First and foremost, look, I suppose if you're not milk recording, you should be milk recording. It's it's a, it's a no-brainer. And I, I would expect that most people are probably milk recording that are tuned in today. But we we really need to change, to move the dial, as they say, in relation to milk recording. And herds that aren't recording should be looking at the options that are available for them for to get a recording done in late 2022 and start on the process in 2023 in, in earnest. The importance of doing a recording in 2022 are twofold. I suppose it's a quiet time of year, relatively speaking. It's straightforward milking cows, generally speaking, at this time of the year. So it's easier to record. Um, you're not worried about cow, fresh cows, uh, etc. Um, trying to get cows out to grass in the springtime. Okay, we might be trying to get cows out at the moment, uh, in, at, in October, maybe, and so forth as well. But it's generally more straightforward operation. Um, all cows are milking, etc. So if you don't, if you're not milk recording currently and you're going to go milk recording, make sure you've cows freeze branded. You can start freeze branding in the next this week, maybe or in the next few weeks. Fly burden is going to go down. So where sell, where freeze branding is taking place, there's less risk of flies uh, being around them because obviously the the um, freeze branding is is potential for an infection if in warmer weather. So, as I said, people should be milk recording if they're not milk recording. People that are milk recording need to use the data that they're getting. 
Now, if you're getting, if you've gone online for your data and you're not comfortable with being online, then maybe you need to talk to one of ourselves um, or the staff in, in your milk recording organization to help you uh, access your data and identify your cows um, that have problems. So look at the, the milk recording if you're not, if you have one done recently or if you're doing one in the next couple of weeks, make sure to look at that one. Identify the cows that have uh, become recently infected. So they'll be identified for you more or less on the reports. If you look at those reports, they'll be the cows in orange. Um, look at those cows. And the important thing to do with those is the CMT test those cows in order to see is there any potential trend in the infected quarters. Now, there is a chance that there is going to be a bit of random um, cell count rise in on foot of having to feed through the late part of August in a lot of cases and through September and continuing to feed through September. Just environmental bacteria may be uh, an issue on some farms because of feeding in feed passageways or maybe feeding around feed trailers. I heard several people saying recently how cows seem to have a great fondness for lying around the feed trailer, even though they have a perfectly clean field to uh, lie around um, at, the at the best of times. So that's a potential risk in terms of environmental mastitis. However, what we're looking for when we're doing the CMT test, I suppose, is to see, is there a constant trend in terms of quarters that are showing up? These may be cows that do not have mastitis at all, but just have high cell count. So are you getting back rights? Are you getting back lefts? Are you getting front lefts? Are you getting front rights? If there's a trend emerging, that would suggest that it's come, if you're milking through the back legs and the right cluster, right front cluster is on the right front quarter on, on the cow on the right or on the cow on the left when it's switched over, it means that, that there's potential that there's a, a transfer of, of infection from one cow to the other. So that we're talking about an infectious mastitis. Now, some of those environmental mastitis can be infectious. So strep uberus is one that can be slightly infectious and contagious. Um, but the one that we're really talking about here in terms of trying to identify these cows uh, to prevent damage to the herd is uh, the staph aureus infection. So staph aureus, extremely difficult to handle and, and, and control, has a very, very well-trained setup in terms of our very regimental setup in terms of how it operates and shields itself off, um, sheds every couple of weeks then, so you get spikes. So sometimes it can be hard to pick up in milk recording, but... At the same time, you should see it over a period of recordings, you would see a trend. Uh, and that's a that's a risk to the herd because every time you move that cluster from one cow to the next, that there is potential to spread that staph hours of infection to up to eight cows following. The, if you were to put it on the cow in the first row that had it and you were milking eight rows, every one of the cows that come in contact with that cluster are potentially going to be, can be infected by staph hours. It's so highly contagious. So if you do identify that um, <clears throat> that uh, trend and you see that it's a particular quarter and that it's potentially a contagious mastitis like that, then you need to dip those clusters uh, with your paracetic acid, so your rommets, your serpents, cluster Xs, uh, follow the directions on, your, on the packaging of all of those because they vary in terms of the quantity that's required for each. So the, the, it's not one, one size fits all basically in, that, in those scenarios. Uh, and you need to very, at minimum, uh, disinfect those clusters in order to prevent the spread. But I would say that it's possibly uh, worth considering disinfecting the clusters of cows that have cell count over 200,000 to, to, uh, 200, overall um, as a precaution. Now, I suppose that means that you're going to be doing that at every milking. What you could do if you were wanted to try and alleviate or avoid that maybe is you could CMT test any cow that's showing up as having cell count greater than 200,000. 
If you identify an issue with those cows, mark that cow, disinfect the cluster following the milking of that cow. So we're talking tape on the tail uh, um, rather than spraying. I think spraying is probably more commonly used for identifying cows that are sick or whatever. So tape on the tail, dip the cluster or flush the cluster um, to make sure that there's no or reduce the risk of spread in those scenarios. If the cow is obviously showing clear on the CMT test, now that doesn't necessarily mean that she's not got a cell count, because, but she just has a quite a low cell count potentially, or it's it's less than 500,000 for definite. So um, that's uh, the, the, they're the four steps that you need to uh, do to identify these cows, I suppose, and then to start to stop the spread. Basically, we need to start cluster dipping if there is contagious mastitis there. Or maybe, as I said, it's, it's worth considering. We might be only talking about um, eight or 10 cows in, in 100, basically, that you might need to dip the clusters if we're doing things fairly right throughout the season. The other thing that we can do then, I suppose, if we want to avoid the issue of the, the dipping of the clusters, is that you can consider drying off those high SCC quarters now. We still have time, I suppose, in, in the fact that we're still out of grass. Conditions are actually looking to be quite favourable again in, over the next number of weeks in terms of dry weather again. Some people may not be overly happy with the sounds of that, but um, it's an option, I suppose, when you're not in the house with cows that you can try to dry, these, dry off these quarters before you end up housing. So obviously when we house, there's the risk of leakage, and obviously that's going to be an infective enough material uh, and the risk is there that if that if the cubicle that the cow is lying in gets up out of that and another cow lies into it, then she's exposed. Um, there's no guarantee she's going to get it, but there, she's obviously you're increasing the risk of her getting it because she has exposure to an infective material. So consider drying off the, the high cell count quarters now. Uh, and I suppose the one thing that I'd like to point out to people there is that there, the, the last milk there that's going to be associated with that is fairly minimal. Because in most cases where cell count is extremely high, where we're talking maybe sometimes millionaires or multimillionaires even, the milk output from those quarters, you probably notice it in the cow in, in itself that they, they're slacker in that quarter anyway by, by uh, as a result of that cell count infection in there. And uh, the last milk associated with this will be quite minimal. And if anything, it might be uh, almost negative in terms of that the, the are almost negligible, sorry, in that the other three quarters will probably be, be producing the vast majority of the milk and will probably even compensate and produce a little bit more milk for the shutdown quarter, we'll say. So the procedure to do this, and I have to credit Dan Crowley with the with the detail around the, the whole presentation that I've done here. I talked to Dan uh, at length about this. Uh, and Dan, uh, from his travels, this is what he's seen to be the most effective procedure to shut down quarters. So milk. Um, the other three quarters for three out of four milkings. So we'll say we're starting tomorrow, or we'll say we'll make it simple, we start next Monday. So on Monday, we milk the three quarters. We, we're not milking the quarter that's been identified as having the problem. We're milking them the three quarters Monday morning, Monday evening, Tuesday morning, and then on Tuesday evening, we're milking all four quarters. But we now have to probably dump that milk because it's going to be extremely um, high in cell count. Uh, and I suppose what we are suggesting, maybe our Don was suggesting, is that people may, if they have a few beef calves or um, wheat calves, would say, I suppose that we would be very cautious about feeding any high cell count milk to uh, any potential replacements, which is why I've emphasized that it should be beef calves. Could be fed to maybe late calves. So generally, the late calves are probably going to be beef um, stock. So late or light or problem calves, maybe that could be just given a, a bit of extra milk, which will, will do them no harm rather than dumping the milk. 
Um, but if it comes to it, you may have to dump the milk. The other option, which uh, you, we've we've used here before when we've in Moor Park when we've been doing some trial work in relation to mastitis, is you can get a quarter milker, and you could milk the quarter off into into the quarter milker and just dump that quarter. Uh, because you're not dealing with any antibiotic or anything like that, there's no risk to the tank in relation to that. Um, and obviously, you're just reducing down the amount of milk that is is wasted as a result. So then. Going back to our to the steps in terms of the procedure to do this. Uh, so we're talking about doing this for a further two repetitions, basically. So we've milked our four quarters on Tuesday evening. We go back to milking our three quarters on Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, and then milk on the four again on Thursday evening. And then repeat again for Friday and Saturday. And Saturday evening, we're milking all four quarters again. And at that point, then that quarter should be more or less uh, after shutting down in terms of its milk supply. So it should start to dry up. So the, the idea of doing this procedure rather than just stopping milking the quarter is that it should um, prevent, sorry, it's a typo there. It should prevent mastitis from occurring um, because you're milking out the quarter. You're not letting it uh, build up inside it, I suppose. And that helps to remove and give the quarter the chance to shut down as well. Um, and then that, that means that you will be seamless enough in terms of how it's going to operate okay so no antibiotic is used obviously so if in for, for if by chance somebody happened to be milking that wasn't aware of this and they happened to put the cluster up on the cow it's not uh, look you might get a spike in a cell count but it's not going to put down the tank of milk which is very very important i suppose the other question then that we get asked is should these quarters get dry cow tubes so time is what you're looking at here and it's it, it is a solution even for cows that have um that you don't, if you don't decide to do this with them, that they may get a longer dry period uh, to give them more time to heal. So time is a great healer, and and it's by accident that people have discovered that time has been the healer in relation to some of the cell count issues. And um, just true cows maybe getting sick or whatever that had cell count and being dried off early, calving down subsequently, having not gotten any dry cow tube, and being um, absolutely and perfectly healthy again. So the additional time to cure may be sufficient to, to actually pull them around, but that's going to be probably driven by the, the age profile of the cow. So do not um, do not tube the quarter if it soaks up completely. So you know that uh, flat, flat bag basically that you're going to see in a cow when they've dried off. That cow, the cow that you're talking about in this scenario is going to be in that position on that quarter by the time you're drying off the other three quarters more than likely, because we're talking about not drying it's going to be two months before these cows are dried off so they should be after soaking up quite uh, well on that side at, on the side and should nearly be almost empty or completely empty but you'll also all be familiar with the scenario where you see that little bit of a like there's it's like there's something in the other maybe now feel the other and see uh, it could be a hard lump which would be associated with uh, the walling off and that tissue that that kind of incising that uh, staff horse is capable of doing. And you'd have to question very much then as to whether you should be identifying that quarter to be avoided for milking next year. Um, so if the quarter is slightly full looking, and I've put in inverted commas there to, to kind of create the, the idea for you, you'll know yourself really, I suppose. If, there, there, if it looks like the quarter is soaked up completely, um, leave it alone. If the quarter looks like there, there might still be something in it, you're probably looking at giving it a draw. If there is something coming from it, then you are putting up a dry cow tube in that situation because there is something there. I suppose the idea behind not putting up the dry cow tube where a cow is completely soaked up is you actually need milk uh, circulating or fluid, I suppose, circulating in the other for the antibiotic to work. 
if there's nothing in there and you put up the antibiotic, it's actually not going to do anything for you. And the other risk is that the keratin plug that's after being formed is now damaged and you may actually be introducing bacteria into the, into the cow. Again, it's, I suppose it's clear most people will know now at this stage that it's going to be more successful with younger cows because the infection isn't as deep-rooted maybe or embedded into the cow. So lactation one to three are going to potentially have the potential to be successful in terms of a cure uh, on, on those barters. Fourth lactation plus cows, less likely. Again, now I will point out, and we have several farmers that have done this last year on foot of advice from Dan, uh, probably more simple to do in a scenario where it's family-run farm completely and, and no staff involved, but people will be able to, uh, clever people, I suppose, will be able to come up with a scenario to identify these cows maybe in larger herds. So what I'm talking about here is that the, the so we dry off cow number 100 um, in early December. We've tubed her on three quarters. We dried off her quarter earlier in uh, 2022 or back right, we'll say, for example, as being a problem quarter, we make a note of that somehow, or we mark the cow somehow, so that when she calves, because she's a fourth or fifth or sixth lactation cow, when she calves next year, we do not draw our milk that quarter at calving. We basically leave that quarter untouched at calving. Quarter will shut down, similar to what we're after doing here, um, and that will basically avoid the problem of that cow having cell count issues in that quarter again. That's if we've identified this kind of a lumpy quarter, as I said, indicative often indicative of a staph virus infection but it's key that that cow isn't milked when she ca- as soon as she calves on that quarter we take the milk from the other three quarters if we don't touch that quarter we will get that quarter to shut down in a very short space of time and that cow then can produce as as i said earlier will produce the, almost the same quantity of milk if not more in 2023 lactation versus 2022 because we've managed to create uh, create a scenario where that cell count isn't going to be an issue for her so there are options for handling these cows. They don't necessarily always have to be called, but we have to be very smart about how we do this in order to prevent them having any impact on the remainder of the herd. So just to summarize for today, we're talking about a situation where we want to try to produce as much milk as you can uh, this year, but you don't want to let that impact on you for your production for 2023. It's very important that we don't, uh, as I said, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Use your milk recording data to identify problem cows and act on this information. So CMT test, follow through with either your cluster dipping uh, to prevent further spread, or you have the option in the short term uh, for the next month to six weeks to try shutting down those problem quarters. Twofold action in that sense won't really impact on milk supply, may potentially cure a cow that's going to be, uh, that uh, could be a problem again next year. Um, and also we still get the, the milk value from the cow without compromising the rest of the herd. So that's uh, that's the rundown on that um, topic for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll uh, talk to you next week. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.